think of it like a hookah lounge for retro gaming. Exactly. Where a lot of times you get your lounge seating area, and they bring the the, the communal piece over, and, and it's shared amongst your friends. And it's a very, very similar vibe to that, where there's multiple couched areas, exactly. which is super awesome. And I've seen people at them all night since we've been here. This is Felix Hergood of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. We will return next week for a full episode and discussion of our experience playing Persona 5. For now, this week we took to the road to meet the proprietors of Arcade Lancaster, who were hosting the Indie Art Roadshow in Lancaster, PA, last Friday. I sat with D-Rock from the Indie Art Roadshow, and we were joined by Max J and Josh from Arcade Lancaster to chat about Indie Art Roadshow, Arcade Lancaster, and their favorite pastime, playing video games. Oh. All right, so let's just get right into it. I'm Felix Hergood of the Emerging Gamer Podcast. That's my uh, my show nickname, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so forget the name I introduced myself as. <laughs> and just call me Felix. Um, what are your names and where are we? Uh, I'm Joshua, and we're in Arcade Lancaster in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And, and, and I'm Max J, and... We're in Arcade Lancaster. That's right. And you are the uh, proprietors of this business, this establishment. Uh, for the most part. Yeah, me and Josh are partners. Um, we've partnered with this bar here to uh, basically be a production company to come in and uh, fill the aesthetics out and uh, you know, hire the games, paint the walls, and make it look like a nice place uh, DJs and things. So under normal, there's no other function for this space. This space never converts and becomes less of a, of an arcade bar. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The, the arcade is always here, um, pretty much uh, Monday through Saturday, uh, seven to midnight, um, to two on the weekends, and there's always something going on um, every day. Cool. Yeah. So throughout the week we have. Uh, various programming so there's like a comedy night there's an open mic night we have karaoke uh, Super Smash Brothers tournaments every Thursday and then Friday and Saturday like dance parties and bands live music and tonight we're here for a specific thing we have another guest hello who's that so uh, my name is Derek but uh, online I go by D-Rock those who have listened to the show probably are familiar with me yeah, um, you were on episode so what? Do you remember? Eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was in the 80s. Um, but uh, yeah, so I am one of the co-founders of Indie Art Roadshow, um, nonprofit art organization, partnering with various venues to give artists the opportunity to showcase work for free. Um, so this is our third show, third full show. This is more of the the laid-back version um, since we've learned through experience. Um, and our first kickoff show was in this exact location. That's right. On, on Halloween weekend. 
Yeah, that was right after we knew we were going to be in arcade eventually. And uh, I asked uh, Derek to come and basically do this the last weekend before it was an arcade. So they came in, and it's really cool having uh, you guys come in now that we've been, you know, doing it for six months. You guys have been doing your thing for six months. Yeah, it's and it's, cool. it's really exciting because I haven't been here since that show. Right. Um, to just see the, the development that it has, it's, it's really... It's really something. It, it's great. Um, I love it. Thanks so much. So repeat that. You guys have only been here for six months. Yep, yeah. we started November 1st. Uh, so it's from November 1st to now, it's, it's been the arcade. So I just want to describe to audi- audience members like how fully developed and realized this actual place is for only being open six months. It's actually amazing. Thanks, um, The amount of cabinets you have... Um, the, the bar in the in the dance part um, yeah. with the lighting underneath of it uh, sets perfect mood for dancing but right. then you also have on the other side you have uh, classic like the first thing I said when I came in here was I, I said it smells like the 1970s right. because it feels like I'm at the dawn of the birth of the arcades right. or the video games when I walk in this place that's awesome um, and, and that's an aesthetic that you've chosen yeah. That's a choice that you guys made to make it feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smell, I mean, that's just a building. <laughs> it's been around for a while. but and, and, and that doesn't, I'm not saying that it smells, I'm saying it smells like that era, which is great. Yeah. And that's my favorite part. Well, the community now club. Now smells like, like tacos. <laughs> it's true. Um, the community I ju- club. I just had them too. Yeah. They're all awesome tacos. <laughs> tacos are fantastic. Yeah. Um, we used to have other food in here, but when the tacos came in, that was really. So, yeah, this place has been, uh, the, the chameleon. I think you were starting to say it's been around a long time it's a place that we used to um, you know aspire to play as, as kids being in bands like oh man we played the chameleon um, and I ended up I was working here um, from like 2008 to 2011 mixing monitors upstairs for the all the bands that would come in and um, so I got to know the owners of the place and I actually proposed this idea then um, like all those years ago and it, it wasn't something they were interested in at the time um, but uh you know, a lot of there's a lot of new bars in town, a lot of more competition. So uh, they were looking for some, you know, new angle, and you know, that's where me and Josh stepped in. And yeah. We're like, hey, remember that idea that uh, we <laughs> talked about? Well, we fully realized it, and we want to make it happen. It has matured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't hurt that other people have done this. I mean, there's arcade bars are a trend that it, like is taking off all over the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in Philly, we have bar few. Yeah, Barcade is the classic one, and then obviously the chain of Dave and Buster's, which I well, thought that just well, tanked. Dave and Buster's is, is they didn't close it down. There. No, I thought they I were closing um, it down. I don't tend to frequent that place; it's a little too much for me. But <laughs> yeah, um, I had a question. Oh, uh, I was going to tell a, a quick anecdote. When I first got here, um, uh, D Rock was taking a second to get up here. He was stuck in traffic. Um, and I met Justin first, and when I walked in, I didn't realize like that this place had functioned at, at one point um, as like a venue for rock bands or, or whatever. Well, it still does, yeah. and it still does. Yeah. Um, yeah, upstairs, but it's truly noticeable when you walk into the first door. Um, it has that almost like theater feel, right? When you walk in the front door, it's for all the, the people to fill into. Uh, well, I just was imagining like people uh, like disco era or something, like people like wearing like 
you know, Saturday Night Fever outfits right. and waiting outside uh, to get into an exclusive club. It has that exclusive club type feel when you walk in. It's really neat. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's, I mean, it has, like, it's sort of unassuming from the outside. And then you yeah. get in and there's all this sort of crazy, like, metal work and, um, like, there's a ton of history in the building. Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, thinking of 19, late 1970s, mm-hmm. there's, there was a disco line out there of disco dancers. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then after that, you get into, like, the 80s, it's all hair metal people who are standing outside. Like, it yeah. definitely looks like it has a, a lineage of different music styles that came in and out of the building. It's yeah. definitely um, been around for a long time. And uh, I remember at one point they cleaned... Uh, the walls and, the, and it had previously been this gold color. <laughs> gold? And, in, yeah. in this room? Oh, no, room. upstairs. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was actually silver. And the gold was the years and years this of age. Yeah. Because I think actually, I think actually in the 70s it was, um, like, I forget, like the Order of the Eagles or something. It was some sort of like private club, like, like a fraternal organization. Oh, really? Like, uh, like, like a Elks moose Club or, or something? Yeah. Not that. I forget exactly which one. Um, but it was the Masons. Like, it was the Masons. You guys are Masons. The Masons are next door. Yeah, they are <laughs> the, next door. The, the Freemasons. They're yeah, across right the street. Next door. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> we won't we won't talk further about it. Let's not talk further about that. We're not allowed to. Let's talk about the elephants in the room. And when I say plural elephants, I'm talking about the game cabinets that are around us. I mean, we are doing a game podcast, so let's talk about what what we see. I'll call out the first call one. out something. Soul Caliber. Soul Caliber, I see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, I'm, I'm partial to Soul Calibur 4. Um, just the, the button system on, on the, the console version. Is that the um, one where you get Darth Vader? Yes, and Yoda. Um, and the character base is pretty awesome, right. too. Um, so one of the artists here tonight um, has some video art that is made from gameplay footage. Uh, some of that being Soul Calibur. Um, so that was something I was gra- gravitated towards almost instantly as soon as I walked in. So I'm really excited to play that. Yeah, that doesn't have like a, a two after it or no. a three. No, that's or the a original. Four. That is a mint Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah and when you when you actually play that game, uh, you know, which I have for hours and hours with my friend Kyle and, and Josh too, um, you get really into the the mechanics of the dodging and uh, you know, using all the buttons. Yeah, um, and it's not like a, a controller that has extra buttons sometimes it doesn't have buttons that uh, these don't have buttons you don't need so you know that for example the Galaga only has uh, a That's stick right. that goes left and right and a fire button it doesn't need an up and down or right. anything else so a lot of these cabinets are like that they have only what they need centipede this one has like just that. one gun or centipede, centipede with the trackball track yeah wow yeah, so the one he he's talking about that he says uh, just one gun is Time Crisis Two. I don't know how many hours I spent in a, a beach boardwalk arcade yes. in uh, Rehoboth, Delaware, yeah. uh, playing Time Crisis Two when I was a young kid. That arcade, I actually used to frequent that when we would go on in Rehoboth. Yes, uh, that's was, where. Was it called Ryan's Arcade? I have no idea, but yeah. it was that boardwalk, and that's why I played um, the. Uh, Shadows over Mastara, the D and D game. Yeah, I played that there. So, so did I, I. Yeah, so that was definitely like a big influence to um, to when I was a kid. That was the arcade that I was the most familiar with. We'd go down there, and that's all where I would spend all my there time. There was two that I recall. There was Ryan's Arcade, and uh, there was also Playland. The so Playland, I know. So yeah. Playland was one yeah. of them, and Playland, I think, 
if I recall, had a giant amusement park in it. Yes. As well. Yes. So it was, that's it was, still there. It's still there. That's still oh. there. I think um, I think every every beach setting has some sort of land based um, arcade. I think because I uh, I grew up in New Jersey, so so Ocean City Boardwalk. It, it, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was Wonderland. Yeah, was the end. So you know, I think that's like a staple for sure. Every year, though, I go to back to Rehoboth, and there's less and less actual games like this. You'll find like a Pac-Man Deluxe that gives you tickets or something. Or it's just not the same. Uh, and then you also notice a lot of like newer stuff, like you can get uh, racing games that yeah. are Mario Kart now, right. and Jurassic Park themed games, which yeah. are fun, but I, they don't have the appeal of the classic. Like what you're saying, there's there's extra buttons and things that you may not necessarily need. It's right. like, bring it to the basics. Well, these are just, you know, nostalgia for arcade culture. It was even the 90s, too, you know? So yeah. you can have games like, you know, Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom and Time Crisis, and that's still just as valid as Pac-Man or Galaga, you know? What are your uh, personal favorites? Like, so what is your personal favorite game that you have in the building? I mean, actually, it doesn't even need to be what's in the building. Sure. You could say what your favorite arcade game is of um, all time. Or... I think I would say Centipede. You might say Centipede. No, too. I was going to say Centipede, too. Yeah, Centipede is one that me and Josh both really like. Um, we try to get competitive from time to Yeah, we too. do get competitive. And that's part of the, the arcade culture that I really like, too. And uh, we do have our high scoreboard that we're in. The, oh, yeah, I saw that over there. In the process of um, renewing. But that just creates, you know. You know, a little bit of a challenge for someone to friendly, to, friend, friendly rivalry. It's like who the hell's JRX? And then I met the guy, and he's a nice gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me how to uh, hit the guys in Time Crisis two three or four times in a row, so you can get the multiplier. And that's the only way you can get to nine hundred thousand, whatever he has. So your ide- your ideal one day is to is to just have Billy Mitchell in here. Exactly. Yeah. From, from King of yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we absolutely. I was in his way. presence once, so I didn't actually get to meet him, but I did meet uh, Steve Weeby. Oh, oh, did you? Um, yeah. We you're in the movie. I'm not in the movie. I thought you were. You're in like a screenshot or something. In like some document. Oh yeah, I was in that other movie, um, the King of Arcades. Oh, I've Knuckles, never seen that. One. Richie Knuckles from New Jersey. I saw a lot of the two the two big ones that I saw is I saw uh, game documentaries that I really enjoy indie game the movie mm-hmm. and then yeah. King of Com those are, those are two of my favorites. Have you seen Chasing Ghosts? No, what's that about? Chasing Ghosts is about, about no, it's about the original gamers that did a Time Life uh, interview and uh, Billy Mitchell was one of them and all these teams uh, had their game that they were like the best at and it just basically it's them now uh, it's talking about the oh, that would be days cool. and it's it's pretty cool. Did you, see, did you guys see the one about the E.T. game? I was yes. just going to say yes. that was the I last one that I've seen. Yeah. And the, um, the AVGN movie, too, is about that. Um, really? The Angry Video Game Nerd yeah, yeah. It has that he's same. He's local. He's from here. Yeah, yeah. he's from, um, I, I'm not sure exactly where, but PA for sure. Like, not, not he actually, he graduated from my alma mater, actually. I think he lives in Narver. Or went there at some point. Yeah, it's not far away. Where'd so, you go? Where'd you go? University of the Arts. Oh, okay, cool. That indie game, the movie soundtrack, yeah, uh, is fantastic. I listen to it um, like on repeat constantly by Jim Guthrie. He did oh, the entire. Oh, no, I'll have to check it out. He, also, he scores games, um, and so that there's an iPad game called Sword and Sorcery. Um, a while ago, he did the soundtrack for that too. It was really 
the and it's and it's good tunes. It's yeah, really it's good, good like synth, um, like ambient music. It's like some that really pulls you in. That style of music, music inspired by the '80s, music inspired by games, has yeah. blown up. I mean, have you guys listened to this guy named Mitch Murder? I haven't. Uh, look, looking like uh, if you have Apple Music or Spotify, yeah. look, look for Mitch Murder. Um, he makes uh, a bunch of homages to like early video games, um, action movies from the '80s. Like, oh, yeah. he, he did his own version of the Terminator theme. Um, but his name is Mitch Murder. I just found him, and he's just amazing. So well, that's cool. And, and the uh, the ability to so uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar. There's there's a cartridge that you can buy for like Game Boy called LSDJ, and then it, and it basically allows you to hack into the eight bit sound um, and utilize the the soundscapes from that technology to build your own. That's cool. Um, you, you know, I mean, tunes. so uh, there's the arcade Lancaster soundtrack. That was part of our Kickstarter campaign. I'll make sure you get a copy. Oh, um, you guys had a Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, uh, wow. Tell, tell uh, us about that. Oh, uh, well. Well, yeah, well, um, we did basically, as part of, you know, to raise uh, awareness of the fact that we were launching the business, did a Kickstarter. We had about um, five machines, but we wanted to we wanted to open like this, as opposed to opening, you know, incomplete. So that at Kickstarter money helped push it to the you know that point. We had lots of great perks. Um, one of which was the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. And uh, is actually, it's all eight bit music that I composed. And uh, I was actually doing it back in like 2005 when it was like there was like the, the first chiptune scene in MySpace like was around. And uh, I could never do it that way. I knew that that was the way to do it. There's people who like built their own synths. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to do that. But what I did do is I used a Nintendo emulator to isolate each frequency okay. and then record it, put, put those into Pro Tools, right. and like chop up the snare sound, bass sound, long notes, you know, go for long notes of, uh, of synths, and then put them into a, a sampler so you, you and had, play them. You had the hammer and nail approach. Yeah. You know, Felt that one. But then, when you're w- w- working with uh, Mega Man 2 and Mario 3 sounds, it's gonna sound good. Yeah. <laughs> and I just made a little uh, template that was like, you know, four or five sounds and a drum kit. Made a bunch of songs with it. That's pretty bad. So we're locked in equally on Centipede. That's your favorite one. Yeah. What would uh, you we guys took that on a long tangent. Wow. That's no, okay. <laughs> Tangents are great. Um, like a centipede. Centipede I, is a fantastic I'm piece. known on the Emerging Gamer podcast as being the person who tangents every show. Right. Like, <laughs> and I'm talking about not even to game topics. Like, I take the show into insane directions. Um, my other hosts who... Um, I didn't realize what I was coming to this evening, so I didn't communicate to them well enough. That's, my, uh, that's probably my bad. It's both of us. Like, we just <laughs> dropped the ball, so I already reached out to them, and I said, I think it would be great to come back here sometime. Please and do. do. do this oh, yeah. over again. Absolutely. Um, and they would. They all were looking at the pictures. I was t- I was showing them the shots, sent them to put it on Instagram and everything. And um, that they definitely want to come back, and I think we should do a podcast here because it, it, it would be gay, uh, great. It would be gay. Is that what you said? No, it would be great. Some, it, it might be gay. I it would be a, a gay old time, right? Yeah, gay old time. Yeah. I don't. Have, there's not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, Flintstones it up. 
the, the other question I was doing, right. I was going to ask I'm is... Sorry, I'm such a dick. No, you're not. I told you you're going to be the one with the, the one-liner. Is there a Flintstones? Is there a Flintstones arcade game? Does that exist? No, but there's two Flintstones NES games, and one of which is insanely rare. Uh, Flintstones, uh, something at Dinosaur Peak, and it's like a it's like an amu- game. It's like an amusement park-based game, right? It's like uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that... No, it's a platform. It's like a Mario clone. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you guys guys play other games outside of arcade games. Yeah. Like, do you have consoles at home? Do you... I have consoles here. (laughs) That I... We have a Wii U here that we we got Breath of the Wild on. And then I was stealing it for, like, days on end. Well, it is yours. Well, yeah. Yeah, because that's the other I thing mean, that, that I noticed. That was an obsession, obsession for, like, we a just beat weeks. it, too. Yeah. Hyrule's safe. I've been to the, the, the barcade concept uh, before in multiple places. You know, the, the, the ones in Philly, and then I've, I've been to one in Portland. I can't even remember the name of it. But um, but what's unique here is you, you have the arcade system, so you have all these consoles and everything around us. And we're actually in the arcade area, which we're all cabinets. But in the front, you have a couch setup, like a really casual couch-like environment with televisions and then consoles. And then people, in order to play on them, go up and what do they rent games from? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. So basically, the the idea of the console lounge is just that you can come in and you know why you would choose our bars because you can play games here, retro games, some of the games that are expensive, like Super Metroid games like that. So. Basically, we treat it like any other bar game. You give your license if you want to play the game. If you want to play the game that's just there, go ahead and play it. Uh, but let's say you want to play GoldenEye, and uh, you know you just go up and give your uh, license. They'll give you GoldenEye. We have some game booklets that have all of our games listed. We have uh, NES, Super Nintendo, 64, Genesis, GameCube, and Wii U. Um, so, something that when I'm when I'm explaining the concept of that portion of this this establishment to people is that think of it like a hookah lounge for retro gaming. Exactly. Where a lot of times you get your lounge seating area, and they bring the the, the communal piece over, and and it's shared amongst your friends, and it's a very very similar vibe to that where there's multiple couched areas, exactly. which is super awesome. And I've seen people at them all night since we've been here. Yeah. Now, is there? Are there certain nights, like peak times or something like that, where you have to implement time limits or, or anything It's never like happened. That? We've never had anything be stolen. We've never had anything um, be, like, really abused or, um, you know, anything like that. No. Well, the Smash players really smash the controllers. <laughs> I mean, they... Well, then you just BYOC. <laughs> yeah, well, they, a lot of the important ones do that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd say, um, you know... It tends to figure itself out. Yeah. yeah. So not a lot of maintenance overhead, or would you well, say just some controllers? All that uh, every so often we're buying controllers, but that's you know that's to be expected. Have you guys uh, or do you guys plan to take yourself to uh, too many games to like advertise yourself? Or I was just wondering about we, that. Well, we um, are advertising. Um, well, we're we're doing a special for I should say for the Zenticon people that are coming. It's like the anime convention that comes oh, okay, to cool. serve. You guys know about too many games? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably gonna, in Oaks, right? Yeah, in Oaks. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna go just to go, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't considered going in that fashion. We did. Um, I think it was last year. I think we missed last year, maybe the year before that. 
uh, the Emerging Gamer podcast ran around uh, Man on the Spot. Nice. We did Man on the Spot like interviews with cosplayers, and it was great. We cut together videos, put it on our YouTube channel. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, too many games. Uh, you guys would fit perfect with a booth there. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think, I think and, and it's pretty affordable. I think it's like, well, it was the year I went, uh, we didn't have a booth, but I researched it. And the guy was telling me it was like 175 if you book ahead. Wow. That's uh, but double check that. It yeah, could right. be more. could be more now. So look into it is what you're saying. Look into it. Yeah. Now. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's nuts. Like, there's so many local fans that go there as opposed to like... That's true. As opposed to like something like PAX or E3 right. or one of those huge conventions when you're there. It's just like the world is there. Too Many Games is like this super local. It, like, it would be a great opportunity for you guys to get your, the word out. That That's awesome. That's, I'm definitely planning on attending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but, that, but, that like, well. but booths are super cheap. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, actually, uh, this is this is paraphrasing the conversation I had with the guy who ran the whole thing. He said, uh, I asked about a booth, and, I, and he said, yeah, our booths are like 175. And he goes, Dude, I can put you on a panel for like another like two hundred or something wow. like that. Like you guys can pay to have a panel yeah. and talk about how to create a barcade. You know, like what the process is and do a sure. Q and A and everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, consider that. It's That's like, awesome information. I'm like yeah. immediately like, okay, let's uh, put a check mark in that to look for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're very accessible to where you are. I mean, right. Yeah. It's like an hour away. Yeah, it's, it's not that far at all. Yeah. So, I appreciate you guys like doing the interview and everything like that. Yeah. No, um, please. This is a, Thank you. A, a a recording, and it's still going. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to promote? No, just that we're here all the freaking time. So I'm, glad, out, I'm yeah. glad that you came in. Next time you come in, it'll look different and be, have more better things. The next time we come in, like. Maybe we can just do one of our numeric shows, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. As opposed to a special episode, it's just like episode uh, EG120 like we normally do. We do news, mm-hmm. and then we, we just we talk about what we're playing. So I guess... I would love to do that. Yeah, I think, I think that's what we we're should do. We're always playing something. Yeah, we should def- definitely come back, and then it'll be like a what are you playing right now episode. D-Rock, did you have more to add? Uh, I mean, I kind of have a shameless plug here, but it's... Uh, Instagram for the uh, art group is indie underscore art underscore road underscore show um, on Instagram and Facebook. You guys want to plug anything? Uh, ArcadeLancaster.com and then at ArcadeLancaster on your social media of choice. Yeah, yeah. I found you guys like quickly on Instagram. I had trouble in the Twitter. What Your Twitter is ArcadeLancaster? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, we're not super on the Twitter, but I'm... We, we have at Arcade I know we do. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll find I'll at Arcade Lancaster on Twitter. We're there. Yeah, but I'll uh, when the episode goes up, I'll I'll tweet you guys out. Awesome, and, uh, Hit you on Instagram and everything. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so but much for so coming much. to do yeah. this. Out did here. I Glad ask you your names? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Sometimes when I'm doing these interviews, I fucking forget names. Forget the like. He's Bob and I'm Thompson. Yeah. He's Bob and you're Thompson. Not at all. I was making that up. He's Max J. I'm Joshua. Yeah, got it. Max, Max J. Max J. I also go by Justin. Oh yeah, That's you okay. and I had the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You and I had the conversation about about show names and right. how Felix is my show name. Yeah. Your your show name is Max J. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I can't go by that so much anymore because now my son's name is Max, so it gets confusing. Oh yeah, there's two Max. Okay. Got it. Got it. So I'm gonna be an adult and say Justin. Well, you got a sack full of tokens. So I hopefully do. Hopefully, right? you stick around and uh, see some of this 
badass indie art and play some games. I've already yeah. used one, uh, used some. I, what's amazing is we posted on Facebook, right? And a, bu- a buddy of mine, Gert, who I play uh, Destiny online with, yeah. saw the post and drove from Newark, Delaware, up tonight. That's so cool. And he, so he's been playing. He's been playing games and drinking and hanging out. Well, awesome. Yeah. So we got to somebody. Yeah, that's completely that awesome. I, I recommend beating your game of choice with that so- token sack, whether it be Time Crisis or one of the many awesome uh, beat 'em ups. I uh, beat I a do- game, sir. I do want to thank uh, you guys at Arcade Lancaster for partnering with us again Please, um, for Indie Art Roadshow. So happy to have you out. Yeah, and thanks for having the Emergent Gamer Podcast. We want to come back again and again and again. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to have you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Later in the evening, Josh from Arcade Lancaster joined me again with his friend and former bandmate, Dan. We were also joined by a previous guest of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, Colonel Germ who had popped over to Lancaster to attend the Indie Art Roadshow. But I'm back with uh, Josh from Arcade Lancaster, and he brought he brought a friend or longtime cohort. What, what's your well, name? I would say Sir, longtime yeah. cohort. Uh, Danny. Danny? Yep. Um, and so, then we also have um, D-Rock's uh, friend, roommate, fellow game conspirator. Yep. Um, Germ. And Germ has been on the Emerging Gamer pod- yeah. podcast. Um, he was on that episode that D-Rock was on yeah, a while was, back. Yeah, uh, episode 80, I think. So, it's been a while. so um, Dan, tell us a little bit. About, you said Dan, right? Dan, yeah. Danny. Danny, yeah. Danny. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Danny. Uh, well, I uh, I know Josh. Uh, I've played in, uh, what, three bands together, I think? Is it three? Three? Something like that. Yeah, three bands together with him. Um, unfortunately, I left the last band because I got a job offer in North Carolina, so I had to take it and I moved down there. And it looks like I'll be coming back within uh, the coming year or so. Are you a gamer? I am a gamer. Do you play? You prefer to play the arcades here, or do you have consoles at home? PC? I've got. Oh wow. Um, I've got a Nintendo, a Genesis, a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Kind of went that route after a while, but want to get a want to get a PS3 or four in the coming months. Or a Wii. My biggest regret is giving away my PS1. Yeah, I still I, I still have it. I still have the original. Very, very jealous of that. Just recently, they started. Uh, PlayStation PSN started going crazy releasing a bunch of old retro PS1 games mm. um, I picked up uh, Twisted Metal for like I don't know I ended up paying like five bucks for it there so the go. original Twisted Metal you know what's crazy it's like I, I have that game but like what's crazy is like, I was looking for Crash Bandicoot because I had no idea what happened to that game like I had it and it lost it and then I went looking for it like online it's like Crazy expensive for that game now. Oh, it's because uh, it's rare. It's yeah. a rarity now, and I'm just like, really? It's like uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Chrono it's like Trigger. Like $128 oh, wow, game. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about too many games, and there was like some crazy, like special boxed version of Chrono Trigger from Japan. Nice. And it was like some crazy amount. It was like $5,000 or something Jeez. like that. I'm just like, 
Yeah. People would pay $5,000 for just that one game. The guy's like standing there straight faced on camera. He's like, absolutely. It's like one of those like cuts I'd done where I was like cutting in and out of all these different crazy things I had yeah. witnessed when I was at too many games. And the guy was like, like straight face, deadpan. Absolutely. Somebody would totally pay that's, for that. That's insane. Yeah. Like, um, so, um, what are you playing these days, Germ? So, uh, I kind of got addicted to a free-to-play game. Um, it's called Paragon. So, it's available on P- PC and PS4. Um, it's kind of like Smite. It's like League of Legends. So, it's like a MOBA. So, it's a massive online battle arena. Right, right. right. So, yeah. you have like the minions that kind of come in, and you kind of have to fight the minions, and you build up. It's like those hour-long for one match type games. I, um, people talk about MOBAs. We talk about MOBAs all the times on the show. I really don't understand them fully. Mm-hmm. So, just, could you describe the gameplay a little bit for me so I understand it? A little yeah. Bit so there's a card leveling system in at least Paragon. So you get card points and you have to buy cards to get stronger. So you buy power, attack speed, armor, health regen, mana regen, and those sort of things. And it's like a fantasy type game. You can be like a fighter, a mage. A healer. So there's usually five different types of. It's five on five every single. This MOBA. is a continuation. This sounds like a continuation of your um, your Hearthstone addiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a, a little more active now. So. See, I remember our guest. Uh, yes, yes, I remember what our guests talked yeah. about. Forty episodes ago, I was Hearthstone talking about that. That's how many episodes ago? And I, I remember that you're you're obsessed yeah, with Hearthstone. I'm impressed. Very you know what impressed. finally ticked me over into Hearthstone? There's this game called Evo Land Two. Never heard of it. Well, it's it's an indie game that's worth checking out. Um, but in it is a mini game. It's like a it's like a it's a card based game, but it's very simple. I was like, oh, I actually enjoy playing this like little mini game that's you know sort of Hearthstone, but the mechanics are far simpler. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I better try that. And then I almost addicted. followed I almost followed a similar <laughs> path um, because of a mini game built into a game. Um, and I almost, like, after the episode you and I recorded where you talked about Hearthstone, I almost thought to go and play Hearthstone because at the time I was playing Witcher 3, and in Witcher 3 is the Gwent minigame, right. which I was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before I did it, I saw that they're going to release Gwent as a game. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm, now I'm just going to play Gwent. <laughs> I don't play it. <laughs> when, yeah. when Gwent comes out, I'm just going to do that. So... Um, that's that's the move. That's the move. How about yourself, Josh? Any any? What are you playing? Like, besides, yeah, what's, what's your poison? What well, you, your I poison? mean, when I get the time to play, lately I've I've burned right through Breath of the Wild. Oh, you did Breath of the Wild. Burned yeah. through it, meaning well, like I tried to get through it as fast as I could. Because I had a friend complete that, and he had done tons of the side quests and tons of all the stuff. And when he completed the game, I told him he had completed fourteen percent of it, and he was oh, it's shocked. stupid. I mean, they've got. Like there's these throughout the world are these miniature like puzzles. I mean, if you play the game, you get these seeds. And there's these little puzzles throughout. Who is that? What is? I think that's Mega Man. Oh, Mega Man's blood. Oh shit! That's 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 my fault. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm <laughs> dying. No, I don't care. They go into a track mode. No, no, it's, it's a nice aesthetic. I like it. It's it's completely an ambient aesthetic for what that. That was my childhood right there. It was Mega Man. Everyone who's listening to the episode right now totally knows we're in uh, a bar arcade. We're, we're in the arcade Lancaster. 
Oh, by the way, I, I've been saying it all night. Oh, sure. Am I pronouncing the, the town's name? Yeah, you're, Lancaster. you're good. Lancaster. Lancaster. I'm it's saying not, it right? It's yeah. not Lancaster, it's Lancaster. Okay, I'm doing it right. Yeah, Lancaster. Like, I had some fucking dickhead in a Philadelphia bar correct me one time. What do you say? Lancaster? Exactly. That's incorrect. Well, that is actually... Lancaster is correct. There's no G. And everybody goes Lang, and they put an Ang in it. Lang. Lang. Like Lanky? Lancaster. Lancaster. I say Lancaster. Yeah, I say the way everybody says Lancaster. Lancaster. But I think... There's no G. I've had... We we all know that. You tell them that in California. Maybe... maybe. (laughs) I've never been to California, so I can't speak to them. Are you... Hold on. Are you guys from Lancaster? <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm from Westchester. Oh, you're from Westchester. Yeah, I spent some time in Westchester. I used to get drunk in that uh, jazz bar. What was it called? Uh, I don't know if it's still there. It was right on the main street. I used to get... Social uh, Lounge? No, I don't know. It probably isn't there anymore. It's I, I probably get, changed names. I used to get drunk in a place called Jitters. Jitters, yeah, yeah, Is that yeah. still fucking there? That's still there. Oh, jeez. Well, I, I think mean, I've actually I, I mean, been I there before, know. too. I don't know. It's been, I, it was there last year. Let's put it that way. Dude, last I, time I was up in Westchester, it was I, there. I mean, it was there for 20 years when I got there. Yeah. And that was in the late 90s. That's like right next to Ryan's Pub, right? Yeah, and I used to get shit-faced in Ryan's Pub. I yeah. would end up in Ryan's Pub at the end of the <laughs> Um, I think everybody did. I would start in jitters. I, I used to have these jaunts where I would. I was living in like Newark, Delaware, and I would drive the fuck out to, to Westchester and to get drunk, and then drive back. Like that's that's bad, but a little reckless. It happened. Um, but there was a time period, yeah, where I would go to Westchester just to see what kind of trim was around there. You know? Well, I mean, we. I went down to Westchester to play shows. There's the only decent place to play. Lancaster was kind of beat for a while. Yeah, well, well, we we played we played a fair amount. Like when I was, you know, this is like 2003, 2004. Well, well, I'm talking like 2005 though, when I when I started working with you. Right, we've been playing there, so it's Fenarios in Westchester. I was Fenarios. Now it's now it's like Ben's Cafe or something like that. Now, I was frequenting Westchester a little bit before you guys. I was frequenting. On a regular basis, probably like 97, 98. Nice. That's when I was up here a lot. Um, and then, I don't know, it fell off. I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. Stopped coming up here. But, yeah. Uh, but the Lan- this is my first time ever in Lancaster. Uh, right. Like, uh, there was a girl that I was hooking up with who would come visit me who lived here. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, like, for a, a couple of months. And that, and when I was living in Newark. Right. But I never went to her place, so nice. I never came out here. But I did spend a lot of time hanging, hanging out with somebody from Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> this is back, this is the night to be in Lancaster. It was, like, First Friday. Yeah, because you, yeah, you guys absolutely. are now doing First Fridays here. So. Well, they've been doing First Fridays in Lancaster for, like, years now. Um, oh, and really? that's yeah, it's like a, the art galleries all stay open late, like on you know, so people there's downtown shopping and stuff, and, it's the, and that's it's like do you the think that's influence? Because I noticed I didn't even know this, but I noticed when I was coming in there, there's a lot of colleges here, there's a lot of oh, universities. Yeah. There's F and M, which is like you know, we're kind of a college town because F and M is just like. Right over there. Got Millersville. Right and then Millersville. Millersville is not too far away. Oh. There's okay. almost right next door to us is an art college, um, the Pennsylvania College of Art and Design. Which is on, we're on the, we share the same block. There's a lot just like in the area. So you're getting a lot of, uh, do you feel like a lot of the people who are um, 
patrons of your business that they are coming from the college? Like, it's a lot of college kids who are trying to get uh, away from their schoolwork. Want to have a couple drinks? It's like anyone sort of like between. It seems like between like twenty five. It depends on the night. So if we have smash night, it's like college age kids. Oh, okay. Because cool. they're all coming in to play Smash Brothers, and that's like the age group. And like at that point, you got to pop a bouncer on the door to make sure they're of legal drinking age. Or oh yeah, we check check IDs at the door. Um, it depends on what's going on. Sometimes we have a bouncer at the door. Sometimes it's just a quieter night. Bartender just checks. Um, we're always pretty vigilant of that. Yeah. But so smash nights, you get a little bit younger um, of a crowd, and then you know. Depends on who the band's playing, um, or people coming out for karaoke. So you get everybody that's from like um, 21 to like people in their 40s and 50s. Everybody's like, oh, they have arcade games. Um, it's that nostalgia, man. Yeah, we're hitting like we hit pretty much every area of video game nostalgia. Um, I could, Justin will have to look into, you know, what what is the line when it becomes nostalgic? I think PS1 just like. Hearing you guys talk about it, it's like, well, there's PS1 nostalgia now. Do you guys have a PS1 in the building? No, we don't. Oh. Game, uh, the Wii used there because I had it because we could put it, the wireless controllers were nice. So it's like, ah. Yeah, you don't have, like, but currently you don't have a modern console in the building. No. We are, so the one thing we are looking to doing, looking into doing that's modern is virtual reality. Um, oh, you want to get a VR set? Mm-hmm. We have a whole room that we we want to devote to it. Yeah, um, it'd be great. So that you can come in, like have drinks with you, like you know, five people hang out and like share a VR experience and you know, drink. <laughs> so uh, you get the like the VR good. face that people do with like the, the open mouth, or like ah, uh, looking around. I had um, I've had one VR experience with the PlayStation VR. Uh, we had an opportunity to attend the E3 comp- uh, convention that was like last year, and VR was it was the first year VR was being featured like crazy at uh, the convention, and uh, PlayStation had a a giant. Uh, it was like these like booths you could go in, kind of yeah. kind of like like you know like one of those titty booth places. Yeah, but Where you get when you go in there, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, except. Uh, it was all VR, right? But, uh, you know, Virtual lap dances? No, I'm, t- I'm t- no, not at all. Um, <laughs> sorry, this this conversation went in the wrong direction. Uh, PlayStation just went way off the rails, and there's um, going nuts no, about it. What, in saying that, what I was trying to describe is, I don't know, there's a specific type of place where you can watch girls in glass. Boots? Have you guys been to one of these? So wait, you're saying PlayStation did have nudie boots? No, I'm saying the way <laughs> they didn't. They absolutely didn't. But but they the were like that set up, VR. I was I was walking through it, and what it, when you would look up, it was glass, and then behind it, it would it was so they could resent the process of what people are doing in VR, right? But but to me, it just looked like. Um, this Corner place booth. I went to on 8th Avenue in New York that had <laughs> glass dancing girls, right? Huh. But instead, it was VR people doing VR behind, behind the glass. And you had to wait in line to go, just like you would uh, in a titty panel. Uh, t- titty rooms, you know. <laughs> like the, the room panel thing. See, when you say that, <laughs> I... I haven't been to one of these. I just it's the weirdest fucking thing. Envision a wall of just breasts. It's like... It's like the red light... It's like the red light district exactly. for gamers. 
Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like a, a a giant wall of like dancing women. It's or just it's just that people sh- playing VR. It's such a shady description in comparison that you're drawing up I, right now. Sorry, I do that. I kind of feel <laughs> tangential. Yeah, that could have went two um, ways. Though. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> like, the dark you, you agree with me on this yeah. one. I did not get a lap dance. Um, what I experienced was a game um, where you you have these the two PlayStation... What, what do they call those? The moves? I think the little they call moves? ping pong uh, ball. Uh, yeah, I think they're called controllers. The controllers. Okay, so I have, the, I have the two PlayStation yeah. moves in my hand. I have the VR headset on my head, and I'm looking into a world where I'm third person to a little character, and I use the moves to point the character to different spots on a um, platform area high in the sky. And this game literally gave me vertigo. Yeah. Because you're so high up. And you're running around. It's not first person. You're telling the person, but as you're telling the person to go around and do stuff, you could look down right. and not see your legs. And it was the weirdest sense of vertigo I'd ever experienced wearing a headset and not actually. I've, no- I've noticed that, and like because I've used the Oculus and a couple other VR systems, and you get very nauseous when you play. Like, I, you I, have, no, I, didn't I have like the cheapy version of Oculus. Not, not, vertigo is not me saying I, I was sick. I didn't feel you sick. Just lost, you were disoriented. I just looked and I felt disoriented. It felt like I was legitimately high up. Mm-hmm. Like I could fall, but I knew I could You got that fall. sense of, like they call it presence. Like you feel yeah. that's, like the... That's the beauty of VR. The ambience yeah. Telepresence. Yeah. yeah. That's, exactly the, that's, that's the beauty yeah. of VR though. Is you just, you, you feel like you're there and then you like, you take it off and you're just like, oh wait, mm-hmm. here I am. I'm back to reality. Yeah. Like I am. Breaking like, that fourth Here's wall. the thing is for Christmas, I got like the, the cheapy version for your cell phone that like you know you you download the app and all that stuff and like i i've gotten laughed at multiple times around my house because i'll like pop it on and play the game and like everybody's like laughing at me because they're just like because i can't hear anything i can't see anything and everybody's like you know i just like pop it off and like everybody's like in front of me and they're just like what are you doing we were doing that in the office the one day because we we bought one of those uh cheap sets because a client had like a vr thing and then they were So we put it on one of their coworkers' heads, and it is funny to watch people go off in sort of la la land and like be looking all around. And then when they take the like, we all left the room because they had headphones in and the you know they couldn't see anything, so we left. <laughs> and when they got done with the, the the VR thing, they pulled the headphones out and they're like, "Where'd you go?" It's, 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 it's It reminds me of an episode of Impractical Jokers, where like one of the punishments was like. They put him in a VR set and like, like they put him in a VR set, headphones and everything, and they transformed the room around him to reflect the scary game that he was in. So when he took the headset off, he was like right back in the game, except it was in reality. Oh, so he's in the headset. So he's playing this game called Two Sisters, right? And like, it's a scary game, and he's like seeing all this stuff happen around him. And like, the game ends, and he takes off the headset, and they transform the room around him to look exactly like that game. Like, the walls were like um, organic 
like it was TVs like, or whatever? No, he was in a room. They they, they literally transformed the room around him. Like oh, with, they put he was just props the, and things like that in there. Exactly, and they wow. had two little they had two little girls playing the two sisters, like kind of pop out of nowhere, and he was just like, oh no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so that was like a YouTube video, like one of those like hidden cameras. You've never things? heard of the, the show Impractical Jokers? No. No. Really? Is it recent? It's been on for a while. Uh, yeah, it's been years. I don't watch TV. Yeah, it's been on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was a YouTube video. They had that on there. I, is it along the lines of like the the hidden elevator things? Mm-hmm. Where they? Yeah, I mean, it's four buddies who kind of go out and then like they they play jokes on people in the public and they have to do certain things. So they're like they'll go out in a park and you have to ask to like. Oh, they're, so they're not the like, ones doing those crazy clowns, right? No, 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 I agree. The, the clown did that, that man. Yeah. No, the, there's these guys. I think it's Europe. It's got to be in Europe. Oh, this is something. There's these guys who who their hidden camera show is they set up these weird like murder scenarios mm-hmm. where a crazy clown killed somebody, but the the person who's getting killed is an actor and the clown is an actor, but then the clown proceeds to walk at the random person mm-hmm. with like the knife he just killed. I think those are that's from like a Spanish TV channel. It, it's it, got to be in Europe because that like, sounds or, or Europe. Yeah. If it was if it was in the United States, somebody would pull a gun out. And shoot yes, that oh, definitely. Like in two seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, it, that, that, that can't be in the states. Has yeah, anybody like, seen cause puddles? Because every, uh, everybody in the pity, states back in pitiful pity party. Oh, what is course. puddles? And I forget what it is. It's a seven foot tall clown. It's huge. And he sings cover songs like karaoke style. Kinda, he's kind of sad. Is is Puddles' pitiful pity party or something like that? No, I never heard. Um, it's you kind of just gotta see it. There's no real describing it. He sings. I saw him sing a Blink One Eighty Two song, like real, uh, real sad. Like say it ain't so. I will not go to piano. And he's a clown. Wow. And. Enormous. He's enormous, seven foot tall. Wow. It's kind of weird. <laughs> visual, it's good. I'll check it out. Um, yeah. So, uh, any games you guys are playing right now, like currently? Uh, right now, I am engrossed in the reinvention of Doom. Uh, the one that uh, just came out for all consoles. Yes. And that's good, right? Yes. Because that is produced. It's still. I think it's still ID. Is ID's, it ID? ID still has a hand in. Yeah, but they're they're and now distributed by Bethesda. So they're like yes, Bethesda. Owned by Bethesda, distributed by Bethesda. But ID still has a hand in. And it and it um, because it, yeah, I think there's still a development studio for Bethesda. ID. I don't think ID ever went any anywhere. Hmm. I don't think they went away. No, they did. Um, um, what do you like about it? Uh, the fact that. I was kind of I was kind of let down by um, like the last version of Doom. I was kind of let down by that because there were certain there were certain uh, most people were I guess demons that I wasn't I didn't encounter that I encountered in the regular oh, game. Is this the same crew that did the new Wolfenstein reboot? Maybe. I, I think, think it is. I think it is. I think you're right. I think Bethesda had a hand in that, too. I think they were involved in that. Yeah. I think it might have been ID Software that did both of them, or was that the other one, Ar- Arcane Studios? The no, no, it was Bethesda. 
Yeah, it was definitely Bethesda. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's yeah, because I heard, I heard that, that this would make sense that you're saying this because I heard the the Wolfenstein New Order reboot was amazing. It, I played a demo of it. And I thought I it was started playing it, and I have yet to get back to it just because I kind of been flighty like that, like I bounce between games for a while, and then. It just it just kind of happens that way, but I kind of focused and I was just like, all right. Especially since I broke my foot and I'm out of work right now, so I've got nothing better to do with my time than play video games. I'm like, it all just right. happened to me recently. I, I didn't break my foot, but I had like a um, I got a weird thing in the back of my foot. It's a it's a, a inflamed nerve. I don't know what that is. It just my foot started hurting. Oh, what your day. Achilles tendon? Or no, it's not a tendon. It's uh, it's actually not anywhere it's a, near. It's just a nerve. It's just a nerve that got uh, wow inf- inflamed from walking funny on my foot. And I, I was out for like four days from work, and um, so I was just doing nothing but streaming video games. Okay, I'm jealous. But the, but you're saying the Doom game to bring it back. You're saying the Doom game is worth it. Oh, it's hard as it's hard as hell, and I'm playing on. Let me go easy. I'm playing on easy mode right now. I okay. can only imagine how hard. Now, did it you gets. start on normal or like what game modes does it have in terms of difficulty? Uh, pretty much like the the classic levels: like, easy, you know, normal, hard. Go easy on me, hurt me plenty. Oh, they, they do it like, that way. They do it that way. Like yeah. dude, we're going back to like the original. Yeah, I remember that. You would pick and it would say something like. You know, I want to die in the middle. Like of you won't, you won't survive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is murder. You shouldn't even do this to yourself. Beware. Yeah. Just um, turn back now. Turn back now. <laughs> yeah. No. The new the new Doom game is amazing, and they actually what I think is cool about it is they do introduce some new weapons. Like you have the classics, but they introduce some new ones. At least one that I found so far. Variants on the uh, on the original. Yeah, but they do bring they do bring back. I actually just got to that part. They do bring back the BFG, the BFG, the big fucking cocking. Oh, they bring it back, but it's not like one of your normal weapons to cycle through. Like you only have like three shots with it. Better make them count. Yeah, it's kind of nice though. Isn't BFG a like big a friendly giant? Kids, Ronald Dahl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big friendly giant. Is that like a play on that? Maybe. Could be. I don't know. Seems like Wasn't that before that? I feel like it was just they were trying not yeah. to say... Doom was early 90s, I think. But the... Big fucking yeah, it was like, yeah, that was Nintendo like 90... Had, yeah, it was early 90s. When did the story come out? I don't know. It was before my past, time. <laughs> past, past that, I think. The story came out after Doom. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Is the story inspired by Doom? <laughs> it could Maybe. be. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think the story came out well before Doom. Right, so yeah, we can look at this. But. So maybe the people. Ronald Dahl was an old motherfucker when I was like in Yeah, so maybe they were so, just trying to put well, it in the over there. I mean, I don't I know. That was, a, that was like. He, late that book came then. before. Really? It was. You might be thinking that because you were reading those books in the late 90s. Or <laughs> in the early 90s. That kind of happens. I didn't read. Huh? I didn't read in the early 90s. At least I had children's books. You went to school, you read books. They read Ronald Dahl when you were in second grade. See, some I read where the wild things are, all right? Okay. That's the kind of books I read. Ch- children's <laughs> books and children's media kind of can become timeless. Yeah. Not necessarily like... But e- even to an extent with Sesame Street. Like, you can watch like old episodes of Sesame Street if you're a kid 
and yeah. think it's happening like right now. Right. You don't really understand styles of dress and mm-hmm. you know uh, film styles and things like that. So some of the, some of the children's books you can, you can get very confusing like, mm-hmm. on when it actually did when it out. actually yeah. Spin, uh, well, the thing I noticed it the most with was cartoons when I was growing up. Um, like I, I'd be watching like Wiley E Coyote Roadrunner yeah. cartoons and thinking that they came out like that week because they were new. Yeah, they seemed new. new. Yeah, they were new to me. Yeah, but, like Quick Draw McGraw was one that I watched as a kid, and it was like my dad's cartoon. When did that originally come out? When my dad was a kid. Right. Like, exactly. And I'm just like, what? Like really? I was like, I thought this just came out. No, I watched this cartoon when I was a kid. And I'm like, you're older than me. Yeah, there's stuff out there that's 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 dated. There's some that's dated, but there's stuff that they just keep re. Well, the process didn't change for decades. Yeah, for decades. Until you know, computers got to the point where like Flash could could, like handle it, and now all animation is almost done in Flash. Yeah, like right. Well, we have South Park to to thank for how fast it can be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The evolution of that show is just. Well, that's watch, the, that's, watch the first episode and then the, watch the last episode. That's, that's the just beauty of that show is it, it literally day. goes on like current events. That's better, the beauty of that show. Yeah, that's what, keep, that's what keeps them going. There's a documentary about that. Um, oh, the seven day, every ep- they do a week yeah. episode every week. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there's a documentary about their process and how what they got to go through in order to prepare for that. And, uh, it's super good. It's super good. Did you know there was only one time where they didn't make their deadline? Because their, their power went out. Because the, they always pull an all-nighter the night before they let it go out yeah. to, to finish it. And their power went out and like they like everything got corrupted. So there was one episode ever on the 24 years that it's been out where they did not make the episode cut. Wow. It's it was, been that it was long? like four or five years. Has it been that long? Oh, they're, they're in, they're in yeah. the 20s, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. It's been on. Really? Yeah, I mean, they're... It doesn't beat The Simpsons, but it's It was, on, like, 1997, it's, it's when it started. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's been that long. Yeah. Damn. Or maybe 98, 99. What's I know Simpsons? I know they're hitting 20, and I think Simpsons are 25. Simpsons is getting Simpsons is getting up there. Yeah, they got to be like got to be nearing thirty. Yeah. yeah, at this point. Yeah, they were at twenty. Right? They're near. They're closing in on thirty because that keeps like that show's still on the air. It's crazy to me. I mean, partly I think it's just because they want like they they want to hold on to the title. You know, if you can outlast, you might. Right. You know, but you know, they stop now. Family Guy might you know might overrun. Them. Well, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys sitting down, talking, um, telling us about gaming. Um, this has been part two of our arcade. Lancaster. Corner Justin again because he's a much better podcast guest than I am. No, that's uh, not he true. He goes on for he can he's, he's very entertaining. You, but he's entertaining. But you sat here focused. Max J for two parts karaoke and the Max J variety show. Yeah, you got it. You got to hand, hand it to him. He is really the. He's, he's, he's the, uh, I mean, he's Justin. He's, he's the first guy I met. Yeah. He's, he's the he's guy. He's very entertaining. He's the guy. Um, but yeah, once again, Josh, thank Josh you. Is, Josh is the guy, too. It's, you sat down twice. I appreciate it. Um, I really Danny, only sat down thank once. You. Danny, thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, Germ, the old Germ. Yeah, hey, man. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, we got to have you back, you more. Germ. Definitely. Um, again and again and again. But, yeah. Uh, Yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, this has been uh, the Emergent Gamer Podcast signing off.